Hey everybody, it's Adam Ray for the About Last Night podcast. Holy shit, we've got another amazing fucking episode today. Uh, our guest is one of my favorite comics on the planet, uh, Brad's as well. Uh, people always talk about Chris Rock, Louis C.K., Bill Burr being at the top, and this guy is right there with him. He, uh, he's uh, incredibly clever, incredibly... Um, his, his stage presence is unlike anybody you'll ever see in stand-up comedy. And uh, his point of view has just gotten so locked in that uh, there's only one of them. And that man is Sebastian Maniscalco. Uh, his new Showtime special, Aren't You Embarrassed, is coming out November 14th, 11 o'clock on Showtime. Please do me a favor and watch it and tweet at Sebastian and tell him that you love it. Uh, you're going to love it. He's just one of the best. Uh, I got to work with him in New York City uh, over the summer and, uh, and and hang with him a little bit. And he was nice enough to come do the podcast. He doesn't do a lot of podcasts. I think he's done Mark Maron's and that's it. So we uh, were very fortunate that he stopped by the ABLN podcast to chat with us. Uh, it was hilarious. He was in true form. And, and we got great insight into his uh, hairstylist father growing up. Uh, in Illinois, and and uh, his dad just never wanting him to embarrass him, and and uh, the Italian family, and working at uh, the restaurant world before he uh, got into stand up, uh, and then uh, he you know accosts my uh, my uh, rec league basketball trophy and candle uh, arrangement at the apartment. Um, but Sebastian truly is one of the best. Uh, please look up his stand up online. Go get his uh, specials. What's Wrong With People is the name of his first special. And then, of course, this Friday, November 14th, 11 o'clock showtime, Aren't You Embarrassed, the follow-up special for Sebastian Maniscalco. Follow Sebastian on Twitter, at Sebastian Comedy, and uh, get all his tour dates uh, at SebastianLive.com. And please check him out on the road whenever he's in your city. He's just one of the best. Uh, follow Brad Williams on Twitter at Funny Brad. Of course, all his tour dates are at BradWilliamsComedy.com. Coming up, Brad, where's Brad going to be? Well, November 20th. At the Black Oak Casino in Tulum, 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 fucking whatever. Go to his website. It's at 8 o'clock. Brad's there at the Black Oak Casino. November 28th, 29th, and 30th. Brad Williams is headlining the Punchline in Sacramento, California. And, uh, and I'm going to be there. I'm going to be featuring for Brad, popping in, working out some material before I get on the road for the uh, Adam Devine tour. Uh, and, of course, Brad will be at the Ontario Improv, December 11th through the 13th. And I'll be there with him, too. Ontario, California, December 11th through the 13th. Adam Ray, where's he going to be? Well, follow me on Twitter at Adam Ray Comedy. And uh, coming up, you can see me at uh, the Hollywood Improv on November 19th at 10 o'clock. The Irvine Improv uh, on November 18th, the night before, at 10 o'clock. And the Ice House in Pasadena on uh, November 20th at uh, 10 o'clock as well. And then, of course, uh, I'll be at the Punchline with Brad, November 28th, 29th, and 30th. And then I'll be headlining Joker's Comedy Club in Richland, Washington, December 4th, 5th, and 6th. And then uh, coming home to do the Parlor Live, finally. Uh, it's been a, a few years, but I'm coming back to do the Parlor Live in Bellevue, Washington, uh, after Christmas, December 26th and 27th. Tickets for all those dates on my website at adamraytv.com. And, of course, please go over to estoymerchandise.com, E-S-T-O-Y, merchandise.com, about last night T-shirts and tank tops are up men and women we've got them both please go over pick one up support the podcast uh wear it to church wear it to uh fucking bingo night wear it to the potlucks wear it to the comedy shows and taunt other comedians with our merchandise um and of course subscribe to the podcast on itunes uh about last night podcast.com to get all the episodes that you've missed uh download it on itunes subscribe rate the podcast give us a five-star rating and comment on itunes please can't stress that enough comment on itunes helps us climb the ladders 
and continues to uh, uh, give us some uh, great rankings as we continue to give you guys content. Some great guests coming up. Polly Shore, uh, Melissa McCarthy, Rob Schneider, Jeff Garland, Thomas Dale. Uh, some really great episodes coming up. Brad and I are just having a ball, and uh, you guys... Uh, with your uh, your interactions on Twitter and your emails, uh, can't thank you enough. Please continue to tweet at us at Funny Brad at Edinburgh Comedy hashtag ABLN Podcast hashtag Clooney Boops <laughs> whatever fun hashtags we can come up with um, and uh, and continue to enjoy the show. Uh, that's it. That's all the merchandise info. Those are the tour dates. Those are the Twitter handles. And now, ladies and gentlemen, sit back and enjoy a very special, hilarious episode of the About Last Night podcast with Sebastian Maniscalco. Well, the weekend's over, so it's time to chat about it. Got a midget and a Jew, so why don't you sit down and... Do you judge people who do fantasy football? Absolutely. (laughs) What's wrong with fantasy football? I mean, I'm a football fan, uh, but even I know there's a uh, problem with fantasy football. Wait, wait, why why did the judgment go on me all of a sudden? Because you're in like 17 different leagues. Well, yeah, because I have that much talent. In fantasy football, you can't you can't Jesus. just you can't just isolate it to, to, to one league. I'm just loving the judgment that's happening. <laughs> no, no, in no. I'm just taking this in, trying to figure out you know what the mindset is here. Well, yeah. okay. What's your first question when you meet somebody that's a uh, avid fantasy football? I have a lot of friends, close mm-hmm. friends, that are involved in fantasy football. Okay. So it's not like I'm foreign to it. I know what happens. Mm-hmm. It's just uh, to be involved in multiple leagues and drafts, right? Is uh, in my eyes a little extensive. No, <laughs> uh, I've had a lot of free time on my hands since I moved to San Francisco. A lot right. of free time. Oh, you live in San, uh, San Francisco? Yeah. Oh, okay, I didn't know that. Uh, oh well, now that changes everything. No. It's like, oh well, now okay, I get. No it. wonder he's doing it. <laughs> um, but is it for you more the money, uh, no. something to do, a hobby? Hobby. I, I don't have hobbies. Like my, like my hobby is stand-up comedy, and that's about it. So I just figure that's that's something. And it, it, it keeps something that, that me and my friends that live all across the country can kind of get together and do. Like I know everyone in the leagues that I'm in. It's not like I'm in leagues where it's like I'm beating up Tony from Poughkeepsie, and I don't yeah. know who the fuck Tony is. Yeah. yeah so, so it's more of a friend. Yeah. I get it. It, it. It's it's just an excuse to talk. I mean, I mean, we we can go back to judging Mr. Ray on on his candles. I mean, I mean, I mean well, that's fine. You know what? Well, when I first came in, the candles and whatnot, but the um, the trophy bottle. <laughs> Does it really? Is it, would you? <laughs> wow. The uh, the, no, the no, embarrassment. No. The, the, listen. What do you? How old are you? I mean, is that? Well, it's relevant to the trophy being in <laughs> sure. It's thir- I'm 32. Okay, you're 32. Yeah. I, I figure, I mean, what, after 
seven. <laughs> seven. We, we stopped displaying the trophies. Uh, yeah, after you stop getting uh, orange slices at halftime? Well, as you notice, it's hidden behind the booze bottles. It's not like on the middle of the table where the candles are. Clearly, I want smell to take precedence over my achievements. Absolutely. And I have to, I have to say, you do have a nice bottle of scotch. On Thank the, you, on too. The, uh, Appreciate that. It's, it's, a, it's a Glen Levitt 18, and it's... It's something special. <laughs> you want a little bit? <laughs> no, no, okay, no, I'm okay. good. Uh, I didn't know you'd uh, get around by, um, would you call that a moped? I call that a Vespa. There you go. Uh, also known as a scooter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I feel like Vespa is what guys call it so they don't have to say the name scooter. Yeah. Well, you yeah, don't yeah. tell your it's wife cool you're going name. scooter shopping, do you? My wife bought me the scooter. She's cool as fuck. Yeah. She got it for a Christmas gift three years ago. It's the best Christmas gift I've ever received. No kidding. Why? I mean, well, we went to Italy, and I'm like, this is this is really nice. These guys look phenomenal. <laughs> On the scooter. They just they've, made, cool. they, they've made it look good. Yeah. I don't know how they did it. Like, you even go to Hawaii, and you, just, and, and, and you go on a scooter there. You feel like a dorky tourist. Mm-hmm. But uh, they they like scooter with style over, over there. Scooter with style. Great yeah. way to put it. I mean, <laughs> they're slinging raviolis on the street to yeah. little kids who have yeah. ravioli stands. Like, thank you for the extra <laughs> pasta shells. That's, that's the worst Italian. Ever. It's, apparently, it's it's the Afghanistan portion of, of Italy. So wait, so you're seeing it, and she's probably seeing your face light up. Yeah, and I'm like, it'd be nice to have a scooter in Los Angeles, bounce around town, not have mm-hmm. to worry about parking, in and out, traffic, uh, all that, traffic, all that. So, yeah, I mean, I have a car, I keep it in the driveway. I'm actually thinking of selling it and just bouncing around on the scooter and just living on scooter life. I'm telling you, scooter life in Los Angeles is a whole different, whole different vibe. <laughs> I'm not even a thousand percent buy into that. Like, what are you seeing differently as being a scooter transporter now? Well, number one, on the way here, normally if I would have drove here, another ten, fifteen minutes because it's traffic right now. Yeah. But with the scooter, you zip right down the middle of the aisle, right, right up to the front of the. Did line. you used to judge those people all the time? <laughs> And now, and now you're one of those and guys. Now I'm one of these guys. I might be in fantasy football. Now. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't think you've fallen that far since get, since since, get, since getting married. It is a pretty sweet. Uh, I mean, even just you pulling up, like I walked out and I was like, "The fuck is that, Sebastian?" Yeah. I had no idea. And then, uh, and then I see how nice it is, and then I see you with the nice helmet, and you take it off, and you look like you're in a fucking shampoo commercial. <laughs> well, I have to tell you something about the helmet. I wish. In Italy, they don't have to wear a helmet. Well, yeah, they just wear sunglasses. They fall into loaves of bread. Yeah, yeah, everything is just yeah, sunglasses. They're just because they don't they don't fall. They don't they're fall. And actually, in California, uh, in it's Florida, you don't, you don't have to, yeah, it's law. You don't have yeah. to wear it in Florida. You just look ridiculous with a helmet on. And the one mm-hmm. I got is extra large, so I look terrible. <laughs> like I don't G. look cool. Like a thing. GI Joe who didn't make the cut. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you got snake eyes and you got scooter. Yeah. All right. Yeah. 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 I did love though when I uh, when we were trying to figure out because uh, I brought the pass out because I thought you'd be coming by car and then you're like, well, someone's going to steal it. And I was like, well, I don't want that to happen. That pass is, uh, means more to me than the trophy does, <laughs> and uh, and the trophy means a lot. So you know how much the pass means. And then uh, and then you're like, well, I could hop hop the curb. And then I joked about getting out my phone and, and taping the "Aren't you embarrassed?" And you said that would actually be a good one. And that segues into me. What uh, constitutes you seeing something for you uh, taping it for your... Uh... If I would have pulled up on a scooter and I didn't know myself, I would have <laughs> filmed it. 
aren't you embarrassed? <laughs> just being on a scooter? Well, the helmet. Yeah, yeah. If you saw the helmet yeah. on me, you'd, you'd say that. Yeah. Looks One of my favorite ones of those you've done was, uh, I think just a few weeks ago, where you uh, uh, somebody was shaving in the airport. <laughs> yeah, Starbucks. <laughs> in a Starbucks? Shaving in a Starbucks in the airport. With an Arelco. Do you use an Arelco? Yeah. yeah, I use a Arelco. Have you ever brought it out <laughs> in public and decided this would be a nice time to No. Shave? Absolutely. I mean, I I think I did it one time in a bathroom at DFW Airport, but I, but I went to the stall like a gentleman. You know, I, I'm not I'm not out there with all the animals, just like oh, I'm shaving. I'm a yeah. I'm a dude. Never yeah. have I thought latte, beard trim. <laughs> <laughs> like I've never gone like thought to thought like that. Yeah. But no. Uh, yeah. Well, anything that you would just stop in your tracks, that's an aren't you embarrassed? I mean, like you would go, oh, I can't believe the. I can't believe this guy's doing this. <laughs> yeah. Like today I was in Beverly Hills. I saw a guy wearing some backpack and it had like a, it was like a cartoon backpack. That was 43 years old. <laughs> That's going up on Instagram. <laughs> I, I, I love that you are able to identify those because we've all had those moments, and especially as traveling comics. I feel the airplane is is the place where people that's fucking crazy people now yeah. like it used to be you wore a suit it was a time there there, there was an expected behavior mm-hmm. on, on on a flight now it's the fucking wild west up there yeah it's not good man it's it's, it's really bad well, i walk oh go ahead go ahead no you go ahead no nah, you're the guest <laughs> go ahead for sure <laughs> no please <laughs> Uh, yeah, he's right. The airport is, and they have this passenger shaming website now, where they're shaming people at the uh, at the airport. I love that. And, I love that. Uh, but mine's more broad. Yeah, you, know, <laughs> you could go to Starbucks, you could go wherever, and and catch this shit. But at the at the airport, it's it's reached an all time high. <laughs> <laughs> You could. I mean, you almost have to probably stop yourself from just using all your memory on your phone yeah, from just capturing yeah, everyone's. I don't know, man. Like, like you were saying, it was a time where you went to the airport and you dressed up. You looked like a traveler, mm-hmm. and now it's just it's a slumber party. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I walked on the plane in New York when we uh, I was opening for you at Gotham over. It was a July, I think, and we ended up being on the same oh, flight yeah, at yeah. like seven a.m. And I walk by, and Sebastian's in first class, and I walk by, and I look at him, and I have my shades on. Because early morning, I wear sunglasses, because my eyes are just tired. And it's just, I did it once, and it felt great. Also, uh, I didn't like the, A, from first class, like the assessment that, uh, that they give you of the people walking by. I didn't like locking eyes with people. And then, and then I got to coach. I didn't like locking eyes with people as I was, whatever. I just saw, so I wear the sunglasses, almost like I was hiding behind them. And I walk by, and I look at you, and I go, hey, uh, you Sebastian? Oh, big, big fan. And then you just kind of looked at me and you go, a little bright in here for you? <laughs> you go, you're the guy with the shades on the plane? <laughs> well, that's what I was thinking. It's the first thing that hit me. As soon as he walked on a plane in my head, I go, hey, here we go. Here we got one of these. And it's you. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. By the way, the first, first, class, uh, first class was a, um, was a bump up. That was a bump up okay. upgrade that yeah. wasn't a pay for. You know what, though? Mm-hmm. Okay. You deserve Let's, that at this point. Hey, you know what? It's... I don't know how you guys feel about first class. If it's I not, can do it, I do it. Yeah. It's not really first class, though. You're this right. this is not. 
Well, because you hear stories about like Pan Am, like what, what like when, yeah. when like first class when it was Pan Am Airlines, and it was like these uh, women, talk- these beautiful women in like first class meals and just crazy first class yeah. am- amenities. Now it's like, all right, you got six inches more of leg room and hamburger hamburger helper. Yeah. yeah, they're like, but we kept it in like the microwave like a couple extra minutes longer, <laughs> so it's really warm. Yeah, do you want the Stouffer's lasagna or the Hungry Man XXL? Yeah. Yeah. It's, not, it's not good. It's not good. What? Uh, uh, so in Arlington Heights, where you grew up, yeah. Illinois. What? How much of this? Uh, like, the, aren't you embarrassed? Your point of view right now. Did you have? How much of that was uh, in you when you were a youngster? That was influenced with my family upbringings, particularly my father, yeah. uh, my mother. Talk about like, you know, dressing up. I used to come down to go to church, and my mother would go, yeah, "Not nose pants." <laughs> So, you know, going to meet God, son. (laughs) Let's get presentable. (laughs) Yeah. So all that. My father was a hairstylist, still is. So I grew up with some sense of like putting yourself together. I borrowed my father's clothes when I was a kid. Nice. So I had always a sense of like uh, presentation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he always used to say, don't embarrass me. <laughs> you know, every time we used to go right. somewhere, don't embarrass me. All right. Holy shit. So I love that. Don't embarrass yourself. Don't embarrass the fan. No, me. No, yeah. the father. Yeah. Because <laughs> all what this, about all this is a reflection on me. <laughs> yeah. But what about you at that age was already giving? Like you must have done something to, or no? He just was. It, it was his his idea of how to be a father. You know, mm-hmm. uh, other people. You know, fathers teach them throw the football. <laughs> How to shave? My father was just, don't embarrass me because you know, like when I would cry as a kid, we'd leave the restaurant. There was no like. Uh, My dad did that too. Yeah, yeah. What's wrong with that? <laughs> we we like yeah. I would start crying and he and he and he was just like, well, you're not eating. And then we would get up and go, and I would not eat that night. Whoa! And that taught me from a very young age. At like age four, I'm like, all right, I don't care if I accidentally put a whole glop of wasabi in my mouth. Don't cry. Yeah. Like that was Your dad the would do the same thing. Well, it was I was like I was a kid. I would start crying, whining to go. Let's do it. Wow. Let's go. See, my dad made it easy. He just left when I was seven. And just didn't come back. And I was like, <laughs> all right. So I guess this no is- father. <laughs> well, see, Adam, you cried. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. See, that was the problem. I'm over it, though. Now <laughs> I got that trophy. Thanks a lot, Dad. Um, like if your dad was around, he would have told you that after 32, no trophy. <laughs> Oh my God, that's so funny. <laughs> Probably. Probably. Well, did you grow up with a father figure? In yeah. The house? Well, I mean, it was, uh, they split when I was like eight and then, you know, around every other weekend and then moved away with his new family. And then um, uh, summers, like, you know, uh, do dad summers. And then uh, became more um, uh, around once I got to college. Cause then it was like, you know, you just, you just, you put your uh, animosity aside and you're like, well, I'd rather have. Of pops and not have one at all. You yeah. Know? Do you? Do you? Anyway, thanks you think, for coming by, Sebastian. Yeah. No, 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 it got real somber. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He can go cry in the just, corner uh, for a bit. I was just, just wondering. Hold on to his trophy. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I mean, yeah. He actually gave me that before he left. I lied about the basketball thing. <laughs> I did this for you, Dad. Yeah, yeah. And by the way, that guy who was shaving in the uh, coffee bean. Um, my that's one thing my dad taught me too before he left, and so I reserved my judgment <laughs> on that guy. Um, what were you gonna say? No, it was, it was interesting because I, I was just noticing how you became very like, mm, I don't know if I want to talk about this. Yeah. So my question being comedians here, For sure. do you guys talk about personal things, family, maybe like this thing, your father leaving at seven? Is this mm-hmm. topic for comedy or is this 
certain things we don't get into. I'm asking you in particular. I mean, a lot of comedians are an open book. I like to be a little bit private. Yeah. But is there a... Do we well, I like that you're asking because I know that you've said this many times that you, uh, you know, you look up to both Brad and I, and so I appreciate that. Yeah, no, because <laughs> this is a big moment. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, uh, it's, I mean, shit, man, it's so funny that, that I've probably talked more about that stuff on podcast because when I first started, I talked about it a lot because I, everyone was like, talk about what you know and like be honest and like you want to get a sense. When I didn't have a point of view, they're like, well, help shape that by talking about the real shit so i would do it and i don't think i've talked about it i mean in probably or do done any jokes about that deep of family stuff and probably you know the last uh, i did the first two of the now almost eight years i've been doing it so i haven't done it in probably four or five years yeah and uh a because it doesn't interest me and b i think i just uh the more i started you know actually have a point of view about shit that was a little bit brighter, and yeah. I, uh, I wanted to go down that path. Yeah. But, I mean, what do you think? You think we, I mean, it should be. I don't know. You I like mean, to keep it private. What do you think? Uh, me, personally, I like to have a part of my life that is private, that I, that, I do, that I do not talk about stage, but there definitely is that voice in my head that when something fucked up happens, goes, all right, where, where, where are the jokes here? Mm-hmm. How can I make this funny? How can I break it to the stage? And, uh, yeah, there are, there are those moments when I'm kind of going back and forth with, should I talk about this? Should I not? And I'll try it. And if it's funny, then that sort of trumps almost anything that I think. Yeah. Like, okay, well, that's funny. That works. All right. I got to talk about this. Well, I guess I, I, from my point of view, I'm coming from a family that, uh, you know, might say, uh, why, why are you talking about that? Like, <laughs> that, that? That's something that we maybe shared as a family. It's something that's like, you know, because I'm coming from an Italian family, very secretive, you know. Sure. Don't oh, air, really? we, we don't air our laundry out mm-hmm. my parents got divorced i couldn't say anything for four years oh, shit. You know, people ask hey, we're still together so I'm like, <laughs> okay <laughs> so uh you know i've always often wrestled with you know how much do you share of your personal life on stage on these podcasts you know i, I typically uh i typically don't do a lot of podcasts and we appreciate uh, it by the way no, i'm not saying that because <laughs> you guys are special to have me but, um, by the way, the, not pump, like- the pumpkin candles bother me. <laughs> it's, it's now gotten to that point. You know, it's like, I don't know, my mom and dad, when they split yeah. up, they had an argument over a pumpkin candle. I'm confused now. It's bringing it all back my to My dad point. left the candles in my bedroom when he left. It's, everything has a symbol, man. Can you just fucking back all off right, of the symbolism? Right. Uh, but you do talk about your uh, family. In, in your last, last special that's getting ready to come out, mm-hmm. November 14th, called aren't you embarrassed yeah yeah perfect time yeah 11 o'clock yeah so that that does talk a lot about um, you know, my father growing up in this immigrant family how do they feel about it? have they seen they were at the yeah they were there Chicago, they, right? they came to the taping my father is very very involved in my career as far as like he's very opinionated he's uh often giving me suggestions <laughs> he's uh what, never you, what are you reading what is that Oh, what's on your screen here? Uh, notes about you, my friend. Oh, nice. We have yeah, a map every now and then. Nice, prepared. I'm prepared. Yeah. This, see, this is what this, for your listeners out there. I don't know mm-hmm. if you guys know what these two gentlemen do, but they have a preparation sheet. <laughs> yeah, in their computer. I got. It's kind of. It's just kind of notes on. You know, I saw Arlington Heights in there. Sure, it's really nice. If we, need, I got twelve questions about your hair. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, he's the hair guy. Yeah, well, I on. mean, uh, Adam, Adam inspired those, obviously. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean, I, you know, you just kind of want, want to be able to talk about whatever comes up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, back to your family. So they. So oh, no, back to my hair. What would your okay. dad, What would your dad say about my hair? By the way, v- very full. Uh, you know, I don't see any type of receding going on at all. No, it's uh, it, that's the one thing. Trust me, man. I uh, I take pride in that. I've got friends who went bald at like twenty three and. I just like that's why my hair was long for so long because I just I think I was compensating. I was like, just don't cut it because yeah. I don't even want it to be short just to know what it might look like with less. Yeah, we had a discussion about your hair when we worked together. We did. I go, I go do you dye it uh, or is that real? Yeah. Because um, <laughs> it was so you were so in awe. I was fascinating. You, I think you got off stage after a standing ovation. Looked right at me and go, "What do you do to that?" That's what I said. I said How you get it so thick? Is that a is that a nioxin you're using? You got a standing ovation. Your first thought is Adam Ray's hair. His hair is great. Oh, it was glistening in the back. It was <laughs> kind of distracting, if I can be honest. I think that people might have seen the hair, seen him look at me. They started clapping for my hair. Then they were like, oh, it's also the end of the show, so let's stay standing. Uh, all right, so your dad, what type of suggestions does he? Uh... Well, you know, he knows my act back and forth. And uh, after I get on stage, he'll come in like a coach <laughs> in the green room with a piece of paper. Oh, my God. And he goes, um, the subway bit, you left out the, the part about running through the garden. That's one of my favorites. It's, you know, it's, it kills every time. And you skipped it. So, yeah, he's very involved. And it got to a point where I had to tell my dad, can you just come to the show as a fan? Just yeah. mm-hmm. laugh, enjoy it rather than being a father. Yeah. And, you know, because he's got a lot of expectations and he's always has has of me, which is great. Because it pushes me, because he's got clients. He's a hairdresser. You got clients coming to my show every time I come to Chicago. He's like, you got new material, right? <laughs> These people pay $30 a ticket. They want to see the same shit. <laughs> so he pushes that's, me. Yeah, to, that's a whole added pressure. Yeah, that's a whole different thing. Now, now he, now the way you describe him, it seems he's taken an enormous amount of pride in you. Are, uh, are you an only child, or does, he, or does he just hate the other kids? No, no, no. He, <laughs> I, I have a sister. and Okay. Uh, he, but he's more. he's always been... More passionate about things that I've been doing. Not that my sister doesn't interest him. He, my sister's an editor, but my my father was a soccer player growing up in Shuffle, Sicily. So he took a, uh, a liking to when I started to play soccer in school. By the way, I had a beautiful mullet. <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> Where's the trading card? Oh. Where? Please really? Do you, do you have a 1979 Sebastian Maniscalco <laughs> with the Tops. full mullet? Yeah. <laughs> no, I got Don Russ. God <laughs> damn. Don Russ. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and then when I Were you started, good? What's that? Were you good? Uh, all conference senior year. Hello. Uh, I had a bu- bit of a Really? Problem. Where's the trophy? Uh, well, a ribbon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So he's always been there with uh, with the soccer and now with this um, with this entertainment business. He's really kind of he's involved. Mm-hmm. Is that how much of that uh, from the get go is encouraging, or are you like, man, this is my thing? You don't know what you're talking about. Let me. Yeah, some of that you run into, like, listen, Dad, just let me do this, uh, you know. And and he's backed off in the recent years. I yeah. think he's just becoming more of like, hey, listen, let me just enjoy my son's shows yeah. rather than go there and. But he does. He does know comedy. He's he's very funny. He's very funny. funniest person you know. People say that about their family sometimes. Mm, no, not the funniest person I know, but very very much a character. Very much a you know you know the guy's a guy came here when he was fifteen years old and he's still trying to figure things out. Like 
He recently got in contact with his friends that he had in Sheffalu when he left. So he left when he was 15 years old. Holy oh, my crap. God. We, me and him went back three years ago for the first time. So he, he spent 50 years away, went back for the first time with his son. I've never been there. We go together. We're walking around Sheffalu. He's showing me uh, this is where I used to play ping pong. It's where I used to play foosball. Now, these are all things that he taught me. Was this in a Dave and Busters? Or yeah. just <laughs> Sheffalu style. Yeah. <laughs> the first one. So he's showing all this stuff to me, and I'm like, this is, you know, and I got emotional. I had to take a knee during the tour, and he goes, what's the problem? I go, none of this is hitting you? <laughs> yeah. First time back right. to Sheffalu with incredible. your son, nothing, and, you know, he was, he, was, he was in awe that he was there. So anyway, it was a special moment That's that incredible. me and my father shared and we're best of friends i just talked to him before i came over here not on the scooter but in, in the house <laughs> you don't drive and scoot or uh, no, text and no. scoot did, 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 did he have any advice for you on this podcast he didn't know what a podcast was <laughs> okay <laughs> surprised yeah he, wait so so when he what friends did he reunite with when you guys went back he the guys he used to hang out with when he was 15 years old what was so, that like, like watching them oh interact? this is this is he recently back, went back again and reunited with oh, okay. these guys. When we went together, we didn't really see anybody. Okay. We so just, just a father-son moment. Just a father-son moment. Yeah. And then when he went back uh, recently, he connected with uh, his, his buddies. What did he? I mean, that first phone call when you talked to him after he did that. Oh, he's like, he, he's, he wants to go back in February. Oh, my God. Have a, like a reunion. <laughs> no shit. He's 68 years old. He goes, I got to get back there. You <laughs> didn't go for 50 years. <laughs> Now he wants to go once a month. That was like that. that yeah. Now it's going to be his routine. That's his, yeah. And 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 he's a little upset that he used to have a three flat there. His family used to have a three flat there, a farm, a barber shop. They let it all go, mm-hmm. and now he's got nothing. You know, so he's racking himself in the brain. Like you know, I I wish I would have hung on to that. And yeah. It, yeah. But and the, you're like, Dad, but then I don't exist. <laughs> <laughs> so you kind of got to weigh the good with the yeah, bad here. Yeah. Well, well, his parents were going to give it to him. Oh, okay. And his brother. Mm-hmm. But at the time, my dad was worried. He's like, I don't want to deal with like property back in Sheffield, Sicily. So yeah. I want to go to Chicago it. and cut hair. Yeah. Are there many uh, aren't you embarrassed opportunities in Sheffield, Sicily? None. We behave <laughs> like you're supposed to behave. <laughs> you, know, uh, you know what though you say that as a joke but at the same time i believe that yeah no i'm not kidding it, yeah i had no problem with the people there the right. people know how to live they they sit down they behave everything's very well mannered um mm-hmm. and you get back to the states man it's a whole different animal do you have him. a genuine uh distaste for people or just a genuine like curiosity about why we are the way we are I have a curiosity of why people don't have basic skill sets <laughs> and basic manners to kind of get them through the day. That's right. I'm in kind of disbelief. Yeah. I'm not saying what everything that I do is not is is is, is right. It's perfect, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm believe me, do my own aren't you embarrassed of myself? Yeah. I mean, some of the stuff I do on stage, I actually I there's a joke I do about eating a muffin out of a bag. <laughs> I and then when I see that I'm like take it out of the bag but I do it yeah. so mm-hmm. I don't know I'm just yeah I don't know if I hate I don't hate is a strong word I'm just disappointed <laughs> in people which is behavior. stronger than hate yeah but that but but you've seen uh, people's manners just through, I mean I, I feel that as a comic we see people when they're going out and 
like they're even trying to impress other people, and they're still acting like jackasses. Yeah. That's what's amazing to me. Like they're going out with their group, and they still fuck up. You're like, yeah. what? What possessed? Like you should be on. You're on a first date, asshole. Like this should be your best self. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't either. I don't either. Especially on a first date. Yeah. You, know, you want to? I don't know. Are you married? No, no, no. Are you dating? Yeah. Okay. And and so, what's the dating vibe for you? Is is uh, are you finding when you take a girl out? Is is, is I mean, I don't know. I've been out of the scene for a while with this technology and whatnot. Mm-hmm. What are you finding out there? Are both of you guys single? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm almost finding that, and it's kind of refreshing, but kind of weird. Like, when I take out my wallet. Eno is first base now. Oh, sure. So that's what Brad is. Really <laughs> so that's what he's finding. And it's, yeah. Again, it is weird. But, yeah. but like, uh, I'm finding out that when I pull out my wallet to pay on a first date, the woman will sometimes get offended. Oh, really? And yeah. just be like, what do you... What, do you think I don't have money? What, do you think I don't have this? And it, it, it's almost like I'm insulting her by taking out my wallet to pay. And I'm like, I'm just trying to be a gentleman. I'm just trying to be a man that my father would be proud of. I don't, yeah. I, I, don't get this, I don't get this animosity towards me right now. I don't get that. I don't know why a woman would feel threatened or because or, a guy's going to pay what, for dinner? I mean, that's kind of yeah. like. It's yeah. like you had, you had a salad and a Diet Coke. It's not like I'm going hungry for three days. Yeah. Jesus. Well, good to know the Olive Garden is uh, where you take them to the first date. That's probably. Oh. OG, solid first date. <laughs> what what was the restaurant you worked at when you first came out here? I worked was a hotel. At, uh, I worked at the Four Seasons That's Hotel right. uh, on um, Doheny and Third. And that was your right when you got out here. Right when I got out here, it took me six weeks to find a job. Um, I kind of grew up in the restaurant business, waiting tables and whatnot. So I figured when I came out here. I, I I'd saved ten thousand dollars for a year. I remember I, I graduated um, Northern Illinois University, and I went into um, temp work. Oh shit! Was temping at United Airlines Employees Credit Union with a four-year degree. Wow! <laughs> hey man, data entry. <laughs> That dad's proud of that. How many comics have come from that background? <laughs> Holy shit! So I was working there during the day, and at night I would work at the place called the Living Room in Schaumburg, which was a very, very hot restaurant slash nightclub. And I saved ten grand, dude. So you were around, you were dealing with people so much from the get go. Yeah. So I think always, that has yeah. contributed to your it has. heightened awareness of the things that. I, just seeing behaviors on a daily basis. Yes, sure. And 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 also, you've worked. Now that you say that you're in the Four Seasons, you're in, and you're at a hot nightclub. These are two areas where there's some expectation of class. Yet, I have a feeling that people would always come in and shatter that expectation. Oh, you are dead on with that. <laughs> yeah. Especially at the Four Seasons, Beverly Hills. Oh. It's you know, this is a nice joint. I mean, you know, the level of service and standards that we're held to. Mm-hmm. I wish the customers were healthy. <laughs> oh, God. So you would get people coming in there, and it was very celebrity-driven. Yeah. There was a lot of celebrities at that time coming there and having you know a, a beer or whatnot, and then you would get these people that would sit down for eight hours, have a hot tea, and wait to see you know, who was going to walk in. Oh, and, and so who they're just like lobby watchers prime real and stuff. Estate. And, yeah. and who would walk in? Go ahead and name drop a little um, bit. Sean Penn was a big... Uh, Big guests there. De Niro used to come in Jesus. every once in a while. Shaq, great tipper. Uh, so I was there for eight years. So I saw a lot of... Sigourney Weaver? 
Yeah. Come on, dude. Don't hold on to the Weaver stories. Sigourney Weaver. <laughs> <laughs> Something about that woman. <laughs> She's really into trophies, I hear. <laughs> We're right? hoping to get her on the podcast. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Wait, so at the at the temp uh, job though, what I mean, what types of daily occurrences are well, making you go? I gotta get the fuck out of this. Well, uh, I was in a back room. This was like oh, a God. basically a bank, but it was a mm-hmm. credit union. And my job was to, you know, when you de- um, go to the bank and deposit a check, and they ring it through like this check reader, and you would have to type in the amount of check, uh, and then it would like print it on the Bottom yeah. right hand. So that's all I did oh, all God. day long. Wow. Zing. Zing. <laughs> <laughs> so, head, head in your hands. Yeah. Perfect. And uh, it was awful. It was just it, it, the reason I didn't get a job out of college. Yeah. I graduated with a corporate organizational communications degree. What is that? I have he no just clue. made that up. That's yeah. not a real no thing. Yeah. It was just a degree. Could just majored in unicorns at that point. Yeah. Me- means about the same thing. I, I, I couldn't get into any school. I thought right. I was going to be an accountant. F- forget that. Journalism failed that that test to get into the journalism school. Mm-hmm. So I got into communications. Now, career day. <laughs> you know where you go in and they have bring a bunch of companies in. Yeah. Mm. Now I walk in and I have. <laughs> My silver wedding suit on, nice with like a with a handkerchief, <laughs> handing out fucking nineteen seventy nine soccer Le- trading cards, leather resumes, yeah. leather resumes. Oh my god! So I didn't got the matching pocket square and everything, yeah, the whole thing. And I didn't fit like that corporate. You were supposed to have like a blue suit, right? You know, very neutral. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I walked in like uh, Pesci from Goodfellas, <laughs> handing out hundred dollar bills. It's like that's fucking monopoly money. Don't care. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so, you know, Linda's to say no interviews. So I came home. I go, listen, I got to get a job. Started working at this temp agency, which I worked at for six years prior, just for extra work. Yeah. And then decided, you know what, I'm going to come out to Los Angeles and give the stand-up comedy thing a try. Always knew I was going to be a comedian, just just didn't know how, when it was going to happen. Oh, for real? So yeah. everything. So even going to career day, you're like, I'm, this is just a stepping st- Like I'm just trying to make a little money. Uh, for me, it was, uh, there's no passion in it. And I didn't mm-hmm. know at the time I was going to move out to Los Angeles. It was always in the back of my head. I wanted to quit college when I was freshman year and move out to Los Angeles. But my father was like, listen, just get a degree. Stay in school. Right. And best advice I've ever had because uh, I met great friends and, you know, really learned a lot. So if I would have came out here when I was 18, 19, I wasn't prepared for it. Mm-hmm. I think that's uh, t- so – I mean, I'm glad to hear you say that because I feel like college is such a – people who have bypassed it for – and even hearing people who, uh, when I've told them I went to SC for theater school, and they're like, why don't you just come out here and start trying to get in films or take classes? And that, like, why did you have to go to school for? I was like, well, A, the program was great. But B, like, man, there's so much just living and, and experiencing and growing up that I did in college that uh, – Yeah, because do you really want to run into a powerful Hollywood figure when you're an 18-, 19-year-old punk kid? Like, or, do you have, or do you want a little life under your – You want you know a little I mean? life. Tell that to Sybil Shepard or Ashton Kutcher, <laughs> who both fucking <laughs> – Struck gold as soon as they got out here. They were shaving in a coffee bean. Both of them were. And that guy was like, that woman has the beard of a TV star. Uh, Just kidding, Sybil, by the way. Really want you on the podcast. (laughs) Obviously. Uh, 
But yeah, like I mean, what in college do you feel like really uh, you took with you to when you came out here? Well, well, it gives you structure. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. it was the first time I've ever lived on my own. Although I had roommates in college, it was the first time I'm, you know, coming from a small sub- a suburb in Illinois and now thrust into roommates and guys and girls and the whole thing. And it was like, all right, so it was, it was life. Yeah. And uh, you're on your own. So I think it taught me to have responsibility. It uh, it taught me, uh, you know, how to deal with people. I was in a fraternity. Me I too. Be- I became the president of the damn thing. Oh, shit. Just because nobody wanted to do it. <laughs> and I kind of stepped in. And you, so. and you were wearing a three-piece suit at every meeting. Absolutely. <laughs> So what were pants pressed and everything? You're what, ready to go, buddy. What sort of uh, things would you? Uh, uh, I mean, I, you know, I just, those meetings were so ridiculous. I'm sure we can share similar stories. Oh, uh, what the chapter meetings? Yeah, yeah. Trying to trying to figure out what, how you're gonna deciding to let a guy in, right? Oh, rush. Yeah, yeah, all that. The where people like for us, we'd have you know, we have a big party at some club or like or um, you know, we'd uh, do a th- an event with girls or, or even guys would take us to a Laker game or something, and then. And then afterwards, everybody would get in the room, and they go, "All right, uh, Alex Moshkowitz was a Jewish friend," and uh, and and people would just raise their hands and take turns saying, "They'd be like, uh, Alex, uh, great dude, uh, had a lot of heart, um, knows a lot of hot chicks, which is a huge plus. He knows a lot of hot chicks with sweet tits, and we all love tits, so that's that's a big plus." Um, I went to actually one of my buddies went to high school with him, said he was a cool fucking dude back then, and I really think he's a, he'd be a big asset to the frat. Then a guy right after would go. I talked to Alex for about 25 minutes, and dude was a total fucking chode, dude. Fucking didn't talk to any chicks the whole night. Was fucking grubbing hard on the fucking mini hot dogs. I kept going back for, for more mini hot Dude, I never got one mini hot dog because this motherfucker was there the whole time. So it seems a little greedy on his end to take all the mini hot dog. I don't think we should let him in. And, like, it would just go back and forth all night like that. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> that's funny that... The whole thing was about chicks. Yeah, yeah. There was not nothing like, hey, his GPA is three point eight. He's really gonna bring some, you know, quality uh, right. education. He might want to the- be president when Sebastian leaves. <laughs> right, he can have some way to step up. It's just like, well, this guy can really do a beer bong good. Yeah, and that then was get like all the prerequisite. Yeah, get all the chicks in here. It's it's solid. Yeah. Oh man, that's incredible. I know. I know. Our fraternity. Um, I would go down to chapter meeting. And go. This 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 is this is how screwed up our fraternity was. Be like, listen, guys. We got three grand in the uh, in the account. Uh, there's been a motion uh, to put a computer room in, <laughs> or to have three more after hours. And it was after hours. That's always. Like, sure. always. Yeah, sure. No computer room, nothing. Five sigs who were down the street yeah. were like the smart preppy fraternity, and we were like the guys who just partied and just did our hair we had a, we had a lot of greeks and italians in our fraternity oh, a lot which is a lot of good hair a lot of good hair <laughs> the women you i mean good parties great best best parties on campus anybody that went to niu between the years of 1992 to 1996 we had a great dj his name was johnny o johnny Arodnik. <laughs> And uh, best music, and we were the, we were the actual fraternity. When you came to our parties, we we were dancing. We had like routines and whatnot. <laughs> 
where you, a lot you, of guys you, you, you like show up and you'd be like the Phi Sig boy band right, yeah, right there. Yeah, oh my we god, we would be doing. A, we would do. The girls were like, I can't believe it. These guys are amazing. Greeks and Italians coming together yeah, for one right dynamic yeah. unified concert. <laughs> the chick, the, yeah, the girl, the, the, the girls are like, hey, you know, we have tits and we're down here. You can dance with us. Hold on, I gotta yeah. do my move right That's here. It. It's a big part coming. Up. <laughs> Uh, all right, so then did you just stand up in college at all? I did once. Um, God, what was the guy's name? You know how like y- you guys do colleges, and of course. Yeah. The national headliner that comes in and right. whatnot. Well, I opened up for the comedian that was coming to the school at cool. the time. Yeah, and uh, awful. It was an awful experience for me. It was a contest. I won the contest. I was going to ask. Yeah. Op- open up for the guy. Ten minutes. I did. And uh, it was a primarily black audience, Perfect. and they were screaming Sandman. Oh, for like the Apollo. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't know what that meant. <laughs> right. <laughs> I just hear, Sandman! <laughs> Sorry? <laughs> and you're sitting there like, I, I, I think the black guys have, have given me a nickname. This is great. <laughs> I'm going to be walking around campus, and they're just going to be hollering yeah. at me, Yo, Sandman, that's Sandman over there, motherfucker. And you're uh, like, That's my own N-word. <laughs> Wait, so what did that... All right, so, so it was terrible. It was bad. It was bad. And then... Um, but it's funny. Now, fast forward 2013 or 2012, I'm doing Cleveland Hilarities, and the guy I opened up for is the featured act. Get out. Hey. This, this was like really... Uh, I'm like, wow, look at how far... You know, from that moment, right. just getting basically booed off stage. Mm-hmm. And nothing against the guy that came in, but it was just one yeah. of those things. And look at how like, far he's fallen. <laughs> <laughs> Did you scream Sandman at him when he was on stage? Sandman! Uh, <laughs> how's it feel? <laughs> <laughs> that's incredible. So, uh, yeah, it was just a moment. Like, well, that's uh, kind of weird. But did, uh, did, the guy, uh, did, did the guy recognize you at all? It's like, I knew who he was. Right. I didn't know if... Oh, you never addressed it? I never said anything. Oh. Well, because you know that that, that that would crush his ego. Well, yeah, I was going to say, listen, I opened up for you <laughs> in 1996. <laughs> now, if you could do a now, just tight, do a tight 20. Tight 20. <laughs> Don't mention anything about relationships and keep the swearing down. It's like, son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, yeah, you told me this in New York, and it's incredible how you would, when you first... The comedy store is what you made your home when you got out of yeah, here, right? Yeah. And when you're working at the Four Seasons... And this is like a huge testament. And if you are, uh, we have a lot of uh, you know up and comers who listen to this, but um, also a lot of big, f- uh, famous people. Fucking Carrot Top is a big listener. Um, sure, Bill Clinton, um, <laughs> Earth, Wind, and Fire, uh, Hall Notes. Now I'm just listing bands I really enjoy to listen to on Pandora. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, how you would work out in your schedule at work to like meticulously get to the store like yeah um four seasons for you guys don't know where that is in relation to the comedy store on sunset boulevard it's approximately uh, a mile maybe maybe two miles mm-hmm. and what i would do is uh, during my break i would jump in my car to the four C's, or sorry, go to the comedy store, do the set, get back in the car, and go back to waiting my tables. During that time, though, and this is not like I'm leaving Barney's Beanery. <laughs> I'm leaving the Four Seasons right. Hotel, where the people are ordering, you know, nice wine, steaks. I mean, could you imagine going to a nice restaurant and the waiter disappearing for a half an hour? No. Yeah. So I would have to tell the guy that was next to me or the girl next to me, listen, this is what's going on with my tables. 
watch over the tables. Now, granted, I worked in the lounge, and it wasn't a lot of heavy eating, but, you know, people would order appetizers. They still want to be attended to. Yeah. Yeah. So what I would do is I would fill up everybody on their drinks before I uh, left. I would start figuring out, okay, 45 minutes, let me get this guy his drink and get them all filled up, and then I would leave. Now, sometimes, you know, there would be a little confusion. They'd the waiter would call me from the Four Seasons, go, uh, 117, uh, what's going on with uh, Table 117? I said, oh, yeah, they got chicken satays coming out. They got spicy tuna rolls. I forgot to tell So I'm waiting tables from Sunset <laughs> and La Siena. Wow. As you're about to think about the bits you're about to go on stage and deliver. Well, I, that, that was the least of my concern. Oh, for that, real? Okay. The, the, the bits were the least of my – my thing was getting there. Yeah. Let me get there, and I timed it out so perfect where the guy who was working the comedy store at the time, his name was Tommy, and I would call him. i go, Tommy, where we're at? Two minutes, okay, and then boom, I would get out of the car. i do my set mm-hmm. and then race back, and I did that for a good three or four years. Holy shit, man. It's so, it's so amazing to hear you tell that story because i know so many comics male female coming up saying i just don't know what to, i just I, I just don't know if i have the heart for this uh, i'm i'm not getting my spots or they say i have this job i can't do it because right. there's no way i like i can't what am i gonna do leave my job uh yeah well listen you gotta eat yeah. right you gotta eat you gotta work sure there's no shame in working yeah none. okay so you, you if the, the young comedians i used to run into yeah work ain't work uh, i'll just work as a comedian it's very hard to sustain any type of lifestyle on comedian pay when you're starting off there's just really no yeah, yeah. way to do it unless, you can't because starting pay is nothing nothing yeah oh, when i graduated SC, beer. i played yeah. wolverine at universal studios for four years and would do open mics at night and it was like sometimes I would show up in the suit and have you know, <laughs> it's not true, but uh, I wanted to. But like same thing, you know, same thing. I was just like I have to have a job, like I can't just try to like, like, I mean maybe having that mentality of like I'll just work as a comedian and and I'll that sort of grind mentality will get me bigger opportunities quicker. But I think again like having that work experience, I'm sure you pulled material from the restaurant, right? Yeah, I mean just uh, and I'm not saying. Everybody's got to work. Mm-hmm. Well, I am. <laughs> I mean, it's just you have to. For myself, I n- like nice things. Yeah, and I'm not the I'm not the guy that's gonna go. Hey, can I, I sleep on your couch for a few nights? I, I, I ain't doing that. Yeah, that's not my style. Right. Uh, nothing wrong with that, but I ain't sleeping here. All right. Well, mm-hmm. it's a great couch. <laughs> I've slept on it many a time because my room but gets hot. But when I came out here, I just, I just made sure I had enough money yeah. to sustain myself. Yeah. And then I wanted to work. And, yeah, you can do both. And your your point is valid. I mean, you could you could have a lot of hunger when you don't have a job to pursue mm-hmm. comedy. And that might get you an opportunity that you might have not had because you were playing Wolverine. <laughs> Right? But yeah, but the opportunities I got because of Wolverine. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, did you see that trophy behind me? <laughs> the guys I met in that basketball league I played were sure. Captain America and Spider-Man. Oh, man, yeah. Without that, the, the, the trophy's not here. But, like, I, I look at you doing a, doing a schedule like that. I know what happens at the store when an Eddie Griffin pops in, when a Carlos Mencia pops in, and then they do an hour and a half. Oh, yeah. And then that had, to, that had to piss you off when you, when, when you time this out so meticulously and then an Andrew Dice Clay shows up yeah. do, does an hour and 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 bumps you yeah well 
those those didn't thank God they didn't happen a lot. But I know right. what you're talking about. During that time, they were coming in there and doing sure hour, hour and a half. Where if that happened, I'd just have to scrap the set and go back to the hotel. It's not like I was waiting an hour, yeah. an hour and a half to yeah. do, do the set. But my mentality was, listen, I didn't come out here to wait tables. Mm-hmm. I came out here to do stand-up comedy. And I remember at the comedy store, there's a comedian by the name of Freddie Soto. He's no yeah. longer alive. He did a uh, a show there. And what's his name? John, um, Mark Anthony happened to be in the audience. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. Loved Freddie Soto. Took him on the road. And this was like on a Tuesday night. There was about, I don't know, 40 people there. Wow. And uh, and I was there that night. I'm like, wow. And it made me realize Look you never know right. who's going to be in the audience. Yeah. And you could go and you could be plucked out of nowhere. So I'm like, I ain't doing chicken satays and tuna rolls <laughs> when, you know, somebody could walk in and, and see me. So That, that is one favorite. of the benefits of stand-up in L.A., don't you think, too, of like, just being on shows out here, like you, um, just because the business is so prevalent out here that like there's always somebody I feel like in the audience. I mean, I met people after shows, even at like a twelve thirty spot on a Tuesday at the store, where that uh, either the guy from you know some. I met a guy who was the head of the um, CBS on air promos uh, one night at the store at like twelve fifty or something because he had come to see somebody in the main room and they just popped into the OR and I was on stage and I talked to him after got some little meeting and out of it to maybe do those you know cut this fall on CBS all that bullshit just from that yeah and it was you know and uh and there was a part of me yeah because it was so late and there was maybe like 15 people that I was like ah you know fucking I gotta get up early but I was like no you gotta do it because these are the spots you're getting right now yeah and uh and that was early on and, and thank god after that I was I mean that put it in my head of like oh shit you always you got to never not miss a spot, like especially when you get to a point to where you got into the rotation, and it's like, you yeah, know. you miss a spot, you miss an opportunity. Yeah. Whether it be, it's not, it's not really. It's more for me. It was my, my material and working on the material. Yeah, it's not like I was looking for the next uh, Mark Anthony. To come. <laughs> of course, but it, for but, me, it was but like, let's real quick. If there could be a musician to pluck you and take you on the road, who would you want it to be? Frank Sinatra, if he was alive. Oh, oh yeah, that's the that ultimate. Would, that that would be the for me. That would be you know what. Right, God, oh, yeah. that would be great. <laughs> <laughs> There's just nobody sad. like that anymore. I mean, yeah, is yeah. Buble, Clooney. Is he the new Sinatra? I guess. I think so. Just, just sort of the, hands, the in all the, hands in all the pockets, the swagger. Like, yeah, I, I guess he's kind of like that. He's got the house in Italy. Yeah. Uh, so your, your folks love you, they, you. You grew up on Sinatra, yeah? Yeah, I, I grew up on uh, a lot of jazz and a lot of like Tony Bennett, Frank Sinatra, Al Jarreau, yeah. um, Miles Davis. That, see, I, I, that's another thing. I was a little bit of an oddball at school. I, you know, people were like Motley Crue, Def Leppard, and mm-hmm. I'm like, anybody here the new Herbie Hancock? <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's weird because, like, yeah, that's the thing. But uh, I'm sure if some older guy w- was seeing you right there, he he would come up to me like, "Don't worry, you got it right." Yeah, like, yeah, don't I mean, worry. <laughs> <laughs> stick with right this path. stick with this kid yeah. this is gonna get you laid like you would never believe it it, it, see, it it seems like your entire life being neat not embarrassing hard-working liking cla- like classic jazz your whole life was designed to get pussy <laughs> you would think but it didn't really work out for me <laughs> oh. oh that ain't true <laughs> with that hair are you kidding me uh, Wait, my hair is not that fantastic okay <laughs> You are very presentable on stage, I must say. The first time I saw you, you had a great, nice, really slim-fitting Gap sweater. I don't shop at the Gap. <laughs> I'm, 
Be Republic? <laughs> no, I don't do oh, any of that. Oh, shit, really? No, it's just the, the clothes don't fit me well. I'm not... Uh, Poor, you mean? <laughs> <laughs> Poor things don't fit no, you well. No, it's just, a, I, don't, I don't know, for whatever reason, I never got into that. I always used to shop at a place called, uh, this is growing up, I don't know if you guys had this, or you mm-hmm. guys, a place called Merry-Go-Round, ever hear of it? No? No, that's no. not, no, the that's not me. The TiVo DJs, any of this? Wait, Merry-Go-Round, May- Baccarat. Wait a minute, Merry-Go-Round, was it like a, like a thrift store almost? That had toys and clothes? No, it was IOU, <laughs> IOU sweatshirts. None of this is ringing no, a bell. No, Cavaricis, nothing. No. Brad, nothing? You don't know what Cavaricis are? Gap yeah, them. exactly. Oh. I, I, yeah, I'm not doing that shit, dude. I, I, Cavaricis. What fits? I'm like, that's it. <laughs> that's me. And, and I wish that was a joke. That's literally how I shop. I go into a store and say, what fits? They bring me out three shirts. I pick one. Good. I'm done. Oh, okay. Brad growing up was borrowing the clothes from his stuffed animals. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! This uh, th- this uh, overall set from my buddy is gonna be hot. <laughs> What's funny. up, eighth grade? That's funny. <laughs> uh, but you wait. When did uh, you run into uh, Vince Vaughn and get in, in the Wild West? Uh... Vince Vaughn, I met here right down the street at uh, Dublin's. Yeah, were you a part of that scene? No. Okay. Tail end. All right. Okay. Um, did were you guys there? No. Not no. That was. But we heard about it. Yeah. Well, I've heard legendary stories about Dane Alonzo and just yeah, this was... guy's just. And even, and even it was like, a bar show on Sunset Boulevard yeah. that was just became the most popular comedy show in town. Yeah. Pretty much, and I wasn't involved in that until kind of the tail end of okay. it. Okay. And Ahmed Ahmed and Jay Davis used to run this room, and Ahmed Ahmed at the time was roommates with Vince Vaughn. Vince right. Vaughn used to come, watch comedy. I met him in the back uh, uh, back of the room once. He's from Chicago. I'm from Chicago. We started talking, and a few months later, got a call from um, his people to say that he wanted to take – Four comedians on the road and do this Vince Vaughn Wild West comedy show. And it was a show a night in 30 different cities, and we made a documentary about it, and it aired in theaters, 1,000 theaters across the country. It was awesome. I I thought, or my father thought, too, (laughs) this is it. This is is what we've been waiting for. I'm quitting -hmm. quitting cutting hair tomorrow. This is your break, dude. I thought that when I guest starred on According to Jim seven years ago. I was like, here we go. Hey, Belushi, you might want to fucking, you might want to oh, get me God. a table place card. It's funny, man. In this business, what you think is going oh, to God. Right. do something. Just, and then, and yeah, you, you work so hard to try to get certain opportunities and you, get, and you get on a certain show and you think, all right, this is it. And then some fan puts a YouTube video of you up and that's what breaks you. Yeah. You're like, oh, oh okay. So I just... I should have just had that happen. Oh, okay. Yeah, Jeez. unbeknownst to you, right? Some someone filmed you at the improv, <laughs> and now that's got ninety-eight million hits. <laughs> but your Comedy Central special, nobody knows you even had. <laughs> well, so, welcome what, to the world of show business. What about that whole uh, experience? Because for me, that I thought that was so great because that was the first time I feel like we got to see like comedians off stage that were uh, had you know that were very successful. And uh, I mean, was that did you feel some? Because you know, as you mentioned, like you keep you know try to keep somewhat private. So was that kind of uh, tough for you to be like, oh yeah, I'm gonna let them film me and yeah, I didn't off- know, I didn't like that. I didn't like the cameras walking around. I was like, I, I don't know how am I gonna behave in front of that. Yeah. I, I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't, 
I didn't know what was going to happen. Yeah, and and you're a guy that when you go on stage, like, you're very well put together. You got your good outfit, your good hair, good everything. And now they got a camera with you on the bus. Where you kind of like, hey, this at is not first, me. At first, it was a little intrusive, but after mm-hmm. a while, I was like, okay, this is kind of just the way this environment's going to work. And uh, yeah, so this thing came out in the theaters, and um, my father in Chicago went to go see it. And he calls me from the theater and goes, uh, there's a problem. <laughs> I'm the only one in the theater. Oh, God. Oh, Who's in charge of the marketing on this? Oh, Jesus. Oh. He's like, it's like oh, let me talk to this Vince Vaughn guy. Yeah, it was bad, man. I mean, no one went to go see the damn movie. Wow. So it wasn't. It was on one of those discount racks next to like the three pack of Schwarzenegger movies. Yeah. I mean, you could have found it on a DVD at the Tower Records. So yeah, um, great call, but uh, rest yeah. in peace, Tower Records. By <laughs> yeah, the way, yeah, no shit, respect. <laughs> uh, you're I read this is a, another thing to have the map for, but um, Dubai Comedy Festival, Lebanon's music hall solidified him as an international sensation. Oh yeah, no, isn't that amazing how we worded that? <laughs> <laughs> did you send him that bio or did that? Yeah, come on, listen, you read these bios, mm-hmm. the bio. <laughs> Is coming from either the comedian or a manager working with the comedian yeah, right. to make it sound like it's, it's unbelievable what yeah. this guy's doing. <laughs> the, what does that say? I, I even forgot what it was. What it is was, it? Lebanon what? Brad, read it. Uh, his sold-out shows at the Dubai Comedy Festival and Lebanon's Music Hall have solidified him as an international sensation. That's what they used to describe Enrique Iglesias when he first hit the scene. <laughs> it's like Sebastian Bailamos. Yeah. Same thing. See, this is what you do. In, 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 in relation to this particular um, uh, blurb in the bio, mm-hmm. there were sold-out shows in Dubai. Cool. Okay. okay. Was I a part of the show? Absolutely. Great. Were there six or seven other comedians on that show? Yes. Okay. But they don't need to know that. <laughs> Stretching the truth yeah, a little, a little right? bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's yeah. like, I mean, yeah, when, when, when I was, I think, like three months into comedy, I was, doing, I was doing a show and Chris Rock was hosting the Oscars. And he stopped by the show that I happened to be on and did a set just for like the, the 12 oh, people boy. that were in the audience. The next night. Oh, the, 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 the next Williams. night. He's oh, open for Chris Rock. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But it's, you, it's amazing <laughs> what we latch on to. Well, you have to. Because yeah. I had nothing. Yeah. I had nothing at that point. You, 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 can't, you, you can't say, he's worked Jose's Taco Shop on Paramount. <laughs> like, you, that's not exactly something that's going to get yeah, headlines. You're right, man. you got to latch <laughs> on to whatever is happening at the moment. By the way, new bio coming out <laughs> next week. <laughs> That part's going to be delicious. That's gone. Uh, Sen- sensation, <laughs> Dubai, Lebanon. It's, all, it's out. And, and <laughs> I, I want to tell this story for people that are unfamiliar with the comedy because you're, you're one of my favorite comics to watch, and I'm not, and I'm not bullshitting you. No, thanks. Uh, I, I was at the Laugh Factory one night, and the comic, uh, the comic before you went, went on killed. I forgot who it was, but it was like one of those nights where it just wrecked the room. And then they said, oh, Sebastian's up next and the comp before you was very high energy and you're kind of low energy on stage and me like a dumb shit doubted you and went oh my god the guy's high energy Sebastian's low this this is not going to work out you went up there and you were you and you got the audience to go to your pace and then you fucking killed harder than the guy who killed before you and it was unbelievable for me to watch and it taught me something just to be like you you know who you are you didn't, you didn't try to fake it mm-hmm. and, you, and you, you just went up on stage and you did 
you did you, and it and it was perfect. So I just want to say I always enjoy watching. Oh, you. Thanks, thanks. Yeah, I mean, I, I you can't fake. Like, what are you gonna do? Go on stage because somebody was bouncing off the wall, and what, you're gonna bounce off the wall. Mm-hmm. I don't even know how to bounce off the wall. That's just really not what I do. Right. So why would you adjust your act because yeah. of the guy before or after you? I just never understood that. So yeah. you you, you uh, came to terms with that early on because I feel like that is something you could easily go up and and not have the awareness to. Well, I mean, uh, <laughs> the people are gonna see right through it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, if you went up there and you started doing, like, hey, it's not like, authentic. This, this, this is not. This is not. Good. Yeah. So and and you were always kind of aware of that. Just like I know, like when did you feel that you? Sort of figured out uh, your character, your voice on stage. Well, to I be first... James Liptony. When did Sebastian <laughs> really know who Sebastian was? What's your favorite curse word? <laughs> what is your favorite curse word? I, fuck, I guess. It would have to be my... That's just a good answer. That's awesome. I think that's everybody's. It is. It's so versatile. Yeah, it's just you could throw that in anywhere. Yeah, it's a compliment. It it's an insult. It's great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you curse much in your everyday life? Uh, I I wish I would curb my cursing a little bit. Yeah. Sometimes I use it, and then I even catch myself. I'm like, yeah, I gotta stop swearing. And my wife doesn't swear at all. Oh, really? Very rarely. Mm. So being around her, it, you know, it's kind of exciting when she does. She's got to be really fired up about. Nah, actually, you know, I tell her, you know, I don't like when you swear. It's very. She's oh man. She, it's this, unladylike. It's unladylike. Mm-hmm. So. Um, yeah, what were we saying? When you've done the Tonight Show a handful <laughs> of times, no, but I, this actually ties in. But because obviously, I'm uh, starting off. Two people always say, "Don't curse, don't be dirty," right? Because uh, it's easy to go that way, and 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 it's always about like you're not going to get on TV with that, and you're not yeah. going to get on a late night set. And um, so when you did the, because uh, I, I don't consider anything you do filthy, but like you accent things with some cursing here and there, right? Yes, but you but you could easily not do it. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and have you always? I mean, did you have somebody tell you early on, like, hey, maybe uh, take out some of that and uh, your bits are strong enough without it? No, nobody told me that. It was just something that I was aware of. Yeah. Uh, also, I wanted to work um, corporate gigs. Oh, shit. Yeah. And uh, the corporations, I noticed early on, were looking for clean acts. And I, I figured... If I could work the corporate gigs, I don't have to work at the Four Seasons that much. Oh, shit. <laughs> so I really was cautious because in comedy today there are not a lot of guys who work clean i mean it's yeah. just it's just it's like brian regan jim gaffigan yeah those are the, pretty much the guys that work clean so yeah. if you could work clean your opportunity to work kind of increases because now and especially these corporate gigs are so in and out you guys know one night yeah. in and out the, you, you do, do a lot f- of them uh, I over the years it's been good to me. Awesome. I mean, I'm not working the, uh, you know, who was a corporate uh, Danny Gans yes. in Las Vegas, who's passed away. Yeah, right, 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 right. Used to make a shit ton of money doing corporate gigs, and I'm like, gosh, this that's the way to go. I yeah. mean, that's literally the way to go. And still great audiences, right? These are still yeah, people that want to laugh. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. one night. You make a nice check. And you don't have to deliver tuna rolls for a couple of weeks. <laughs> Who are some of the co- corporations, can you even say? Yeah. Um, early on, I used to work for this company called, God, what was their name? Oh. We can say them. Dairy Queen? They were pretty big. No, <laughs> no, nobody would know anyway if I would have said it. But some of the big ones would be, 
Oh God! <laughs> Here, I used to, I, I still do, and I'm, I'm working for them again in February. I was working for this company. They're a building company out of Chicago. And here, the guy saw me on The Tonight Show with Jay Leno. There you go. And he's like, you know, we're we having a Christmas party. So, boom. They hire big acts. The first one I did was in the Bahamas, and the act was Lionel Richie. Holy after me. shit. After Brought you. Holy shit. Lionel Richie. That's I, incredible. This is nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're in the Bahamas. Bahamas. I did yeah. 30. Lionel comes up, and we're dancing on the scene. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh, that's incredible. Don't you love moments like that where you just sit back and go, wow, I'm being paid right now, technically? Yeah. It's insane. I'm watching all night long with people looking at me being like, you were fucking great too. <laughs> <laughs> like they're enjoying the song, but enjoying your yeah, presence. Yeah, it was, you know, and, and I've been working with this company for the last four years, and the acts that they brought in were, after that was Foreigner. Oh my gosh! Oh, and then after that was uh, Bon Jovi. <laughs> oh, but just Bon Jovi, not his. Band. He's got like not a Jovi. separate band. Yeah, yeah, not Joe, just Bon. <laughs> <laughs> not quite, not quite as popular, but still incredible head of hair. Oh, does he have amazing hair? He does, doesn't <laughs> that he? That guy's got a nice. He still rocks it too, doesn't he? All those guys did. Yeah, I mean, he comes in with a different band. Mm-hmm. And he played. Uh, this was in Las Vegas, and, and I was like, "This is this is fantastic." Yeah, watching Bon Jovi right now <laughs> and getting private. Yeah. It's a private show, right? That's unbelievable. So, um, and, and, and you're the type of comic where you like you do the corporate shows, you do the touring, you do the theaters, and you also do a bunch of USO tours as well. Yeah, I mean, actually, Burn, Steve Burn, you yeah, had him yeah, on, yeah, uh, had him on, yeah. Uh, he had come up to me in, in Sam Tripoli. We did a, like a little Asian uh, gig, um, going to Japan, Guam. Oh my God! Real war, war stricken areas. <laughs> yeah, not a lot of. You were right. You were right. You were right there in the shit. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, the USO. I don't know if you've ever done the USO. Tour. He has. Yeah, I've you? done. Yeah, I've done a bunch of tours over the Middle East and stuff. Yeah, okay. And so you yeah, went Japan into, too. So you went into. Like, yeah, I, I, I went to the stuff where they're like, "All right, uh, yeah, we're in a plane right now, but we have to do something called a combat landing where we don't just." slowly glide to the runway we we go in a dive almost a complete vertical dive straight down then right before we hit the runway we pull up why do we have to do this shit ah we get hit with rpgs every now and then this is in a plane yeah it's in a plane wow that was a nyquil dream brad (laughs) Uh, it's still pretty solid but like uh my experiences with the uso is those audiences are they're 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 just so thankful you're there oh great Great guys, yeah. I mean, we're going to these like remote areas. I, I one one show we did was just like in a little restaurant that they had on the yeah on the thing, and uh, you know, forty guys came out, had a blast. Yeah. Um, but man, I got to commend you going into those. I mean, I, see, I have a bad stomach. Me too. <laughs> Roller coasters can't do them. Then huh? can't do them. Never. Oh, finally, never. dude. Finally. Wow, you guys no. can bond over this. Yeah. That and hair. That and hair. <laughs> I got a lot well, of things. Brent. Roller coaster fucks up the hair. <laughs> The stomach thing is just yeah. a decoy. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually for that. But I couldn't do that. I couldn't drop from an airplane. Fuck and come no. In like the helicopters up and down. For, you know, that's, yeah, that's Tower of Terror at Disneyland fucks me up. There's no way I could do a, uh, <laughs> a, a, a tower. Tower of the Tower of Afghanistan. Yeah. No. 
No, that's too soon. Is, uh, <laughs> what was that tour in Japan like? Though, like, what are those? It was great. We had a great time. We went for about ten days. Did you, you karaoke? Uh, no. Had some nice sushi though. <laughs> really nice. You I mean, love your sushi. I love sushi, man. Favorite thing in the world? Well, Italian food is tops. But yeah. I mean, me and my wife—that's all we do is sushi. For real? Yeah, once a week, at least once a week. Well done, sir. I'll, I'll be with you on that one. Isn't it nice? I didn't yeah. know what's I, the first sushi I had when I came out here. I don't know if you guys remember this restaurant. Miyagi's? Yeah, dude. Oh, I, I loved it. Yes. Which is now Pink Taco. <laughs> yeah. Or t- Taco weird. Tuesdays or whatever. It's like, all right, there's the there, there's the place in L.A. where I cut my chops doing stand-up before you... Did, did yeah. you guys perform there? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I loved it. Yeah. It was cool. It was a cool room. It was With cool the bridge. Room. Yes. Yeah. I mean, the bridge. Yeah. Oh, it, 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 it's, all, it's always weird when they say, and now come to the stage, Brad Williams, and you have to walk through the crowd over a bridge yeah. over the river answer, to, get, to yeah. get on stage. Answer yeah. a riddle from a troll. Yeah. And then... Uh, <laughs> And then try to get stage. some punchlines out. Yeah, uh, that uh, yeah, that spot was. Uh, what? Did, why did that stop? Is Pink Taco making it? I don't Have know. you been in yeah, there? Yeah, it's fratty enough, man. There's enough people that like. I never see anybody in there. Jay was running a show there. Oh, he was. Yeah, and it was actually packed. And then because uh, you know Jay does it, but um, yeah, I think it's uh, the location is just so prime, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, yeah, just right on sunset. Pe- People looking for an experience, they look up, see Pink Taco, they're like, oh, there's going to be cool shit in there. Yeah, but go. I never see anybody, like, Miyagi's, that patio area, yeah. when it first opened. Yeah. Like, this place is unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. It was, like, Packed. that and right next to Sa- uh, Saddle Ranch, so you would just, like, you, 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 go, you go to Miyagi's, see the, see the scene there, walk, do, do a set, walk over to Saddle Ranch, like that, like, ride the bull. Court, well, that's what I did because yeah, I, I, I don't know if you've ever seen a dwarf ride a fucking bull, but I could sh- I could shut Saddle Ranch down, like it, it'd be like, like everyone be drinking, there'd be mystery, one of those pickup artists over there trying to spit game on a chick, and then you see a midget ride a bull, it's over. It's oh, over, dude. Man, I would have loved to see you right there. <laughs> that's a great aren't you embarrassed moment, right? No, Hell no. no. No, that's not an aren't you embarrassed. That's like, what a man. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, sure, my forefathers wrote actual bulls, but fuck it. I'll, I'll, I'll have an apple teeny and hop on something mechanical. Jesus, what does that mean? <laughs> yeah, I, I guess if you isolate that statement and not realize I'm talking about a mechanical bull, I might be, my sexuality might be questioned, but whatever. I'm good with that. I'm confident. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> all right. So the special, uh, November 14th. November 14th, Showtime special. It's Aren't You Embarrassed. It was filmed in my hometown of Chicago at the Harris Theater. That's a big deal. That was a huge deal for me coming back home, seeing my family, my friends, everything yeah. I grew up with. And performing, really, where, you know, right outside, I used to go on field trips to, uh, you know, Buckingham Fountain. Or not the, what was it? Is it Buckingham Fountain? Buca de Beppo. No. You're getting your. Uh, you're getting your. Buca de Beppo, Buckingham Fountain. I just hear right. Chicago. I think Wrigley Fountain. Yeah, sure. Real quick though, as a as a, a big Italian uh, eater, where does Buca de Beppo rank amongst you people? I, I don't even. It's like an Olive Garden. Is it? Yeah. In my eyes. But what do you rank higher? They're all in the same. Uh, in Ch- well, uh, right here, Moza. Yeah. Il Piccolino on Robertson. Yeah. Phenomenal um, veal Milanese. Okay. Uh, just went to Dantana's the other night. It's it's all right, but I mean, if I have to go Italian, I'm going to Il Piccolino in uh, in Los Angeles. Perfect. I would love go. to uh, go, go there sometime. Yeah, and um, <laughs> I, I mean, I that was Adam's way of asking you out, Sebastian. I don't know if you were getting the signs. Yeah. But, no, I, just, uh, I have a few candles. He wants a nice Italian dinner. Oh, fuck off. He uh, shows off what, his trophy. What does Buca de Beppo mean in Italian? <laughs> 
small people. I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. I'm a buca de beppo. <laughs> Hilarious. I have, I, I have a new term for myself. This is, this, this, yeah, this, it's fucking it amazing. Like, it sounds like you're talking about it like, you know, buca de beppo. He's a little buca de beppo. You know what? I'm going to say that and I'm going to sell the shit out of it and people are going to believe it. Yeah, just that's your new nickname. Yeah. Buca de beppo. Yeah. Wikipedia will start using that in your blurbs. <laughs> Brad Williams is the buca de beppo of comedy. That's going on my bio. Uh, wait, so, <laughs> so, so, sensation, buca de beppo. <laughs> that is a big deal to see places you went to as a kid and now you're performing right in that oh, same area. Yeah, no, it was great. And, uh, Did you get emotional? No, no. I, I got emotional at the Vince Vaughn uh, tour at the end of the movie. I, I cried because... Uh, uh, I had to go back to waiting tables, uh, but uh, yeah, I, got, I got emotional there. But yeah. when I came back, no, I was more, it was Just more of a happy. It was yeah. more of a happy thing, more of a relief mm-hmm. that it was over. By the way, I'm also going to be on Fallon November 14th. Oh so shit! Little double plug. That's there. a great oh, yeah, fucking night. It. Good night, little Sebastian Dude, all over the map. We got NBC. Yo, that's Showtime. Well done, sir. That's incredible, well done, thank you, sir. Thank you. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm excited. And, and if for any reason you don't have Showtime, you do have a special on Netflix as well, right? Yeah, that's what's wrong with people. That was the uh, Showtime special yeah. two years ago. Highly right. recommend yeah. getting that. Yeah. yeah, and you're on the road uh, a lot. Right? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'll be in Phoenix this week, uh, Tampa okay. over the week before Thanksgiving, and then New York City uh, to round it out. Gotham Comedy Club, December 11th through the 14th. And uh, my hair will not be there, but Sebastian will be. So uh, it's a and disappointing that you know, <laughs> his hair and Sebastian's hair is worth the trip. Yeah, well, honestly, I mean, God. It's, it's it's secondary to to Ray's, but <laughs> or Leno's. God, you must have had a tough time not staring at that while you're performing. He's just looking at you, being like, "I know you want to look at it. I know you're trying to do your set, but I got some gray hair on top of my head, and I know it's giving you trouble doing your joke." <laughs> yeah, he's got another another great. And then, uh, and then, are you on the Twitter as well? Yeah, I'm on Twitter. How fucking old are and, uh, you? Are you on the Twitter as well? Hey, Jesus. hey, mister. Are you on the Twitter? But are you big with this? We were just talking to Polly about this, about how the social media, like, is... Do you feel it as a burden now? Or do you, are you like, I just... It's a part of what you got to do. It's part of the business. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm not cranking out, like, really clever tweets. I, I hook up my Instagram to my Twitter, and that, you know, it all kind of goes together. My thing is, I didn't know what to do with it at first. I'm like... Where do I live in this space? Where do I live on Instagram and Twitter? I'm I'm not the type of guy that, you know, is a writer that's going to write these jokes on Twitter. Right. I'm more of like a guy who likes to perform and gives, you know, facial expressions. So it took me a while to find out what my little niche was yeah. on mm-hmm. this thing and it happens to be now this aren't you embarrassed videos. So, uh, yes, I'm on I'm on the Twitter Sebastian Comedy as well as Instagram, Perfect. Facebook and well, um, cer- uh, certainly our listeners should Look you up. You're one of my favorite comics to watch. You're, you always have, you you always have something new, and I always learn something from you. Whether it be a, a facial expression or uh, how to emphasize a certain word, uh, you're one of the best damn performers in the business. Oh, that's very that's very sweet of you to say. And uh, I, uh, what the hell was I going to tell you? Yeah, a lot of pressure oh, for no, you to say like some there, closing no, statement. There, no, yeah. there was. Right. I wanted to share a story here. Okay. I, I don't know if I, I shared this with you in person uh, but i need to share it with you here okay uh six years ago i went on a um, pitch meeting all right and i'm in the pitch meeting and i forgot what i I was even pitching i think it was like a some somewhat of like a travel show okay and um you were in the room before me unbeknownst to me okay and they're like uh just had uh brad in here and he uh 
He's really funny, and um, he is the best great... work at a Beppo we've ever seen. <laughs> this, this had to be you. <laughs> this had to be you. <laughs> and he's like, he's got a girlfriend who's a little person. Yeah. And he's got a girlfriend who's gr- like grown. Cape size. I, was it, this was you? Yeah. Right? Yes, I. They, I remember this pitch. They both know each other. <laughs> yeah. And, and like, what? You, I was pimping at one point. Yeah. And uh, was the name of the show? You, <laughs> and, and like, yeah. Like, do you have anything like that? <laughs> what? What the fuck? Like, they do were you so, have anything like that? Well, like, it was so because like, they're like, is your wife gonna be or your girlfriend gonna be involved? Like, no, it's not. My girlfriend's not gonna be. I don't do that. Like, my my girlfriend's got her own career. <laughs> yeah. She's doing that. But it's like, you know, he had like everybody involved. And, like, the girl, I go, I don't know what you're talking about. Wait, so when, when they said, "Do you have anything like that?" Where they're like, uh, "So can you date like a dwarf chick? Yeah, you you want to start dating dwarfs?" I'm like what? We've actually but got the, the poster already made for the show. For I, I mean, if you if you don't want to put this on, you could cut this out. I don't no, this no, no, it's fine. It's okay. fine. It's funny. But uh, <laughs> you did pitch a show with yeah. like your girlfriends in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. it, 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 it was like a it was like a Playboy. By the way, girls next door with like midgets. Sebastian's Facebook. You did fuck up my meeting, right? That was you that that set me up no, for the on deck circle. I had to go back yeah. to the drawing board. I'm boring. <laughs> I'm not dating a midget and uh, and a six foot tall female comedian. And they 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 knew about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They knew. Oh, don't ask me how I pulled it off. I well, still I still. Don't but I know. will ask you why that show didn't happen. Uh, talk to the executives that turned it down. It, 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 it was all good to go. We got the pilot made, and then and then like uh, the story has happened a thousand times. Some guy gets fired. Some new guy gets brought in. Sees that and goes, "What a midget banging two chicks at once." I don't want that shit on my TV. And. Uh, the that show that that show never happened so oh well <laughs> buried me <laughs> <laughs> well uh now that i know i'm sorry buddy i'm sorry i'm 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 sorry i'm, I'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry i've 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 held you back all these years don't be sorry for having a fabulous life <laughs> i'm pitching a travel show where i taste pizza in chicago and this guy's going listen i got a whole harem on bacon <laughs> Uh, <laughs> fucking perfect, uh, man. Uh, wow. Well, Sebastian, thank you. Yeah, thanks, thanks for, for doing thanks this. Thanks for man. having me. Dude, and, you're the uh, best. Thanks. Special November 14th, Showtime. Uh, I'm Fallon. Pete, Pete Corriale will kill me if I don't. Love we, Pete Corriale. Yeah, we have a podcast together. Oh, there you go. Um, and it's on the Riot, Riot cast yeah. with uh, Robert Kelly and... Mm-hmm. Um, Nick DiPaolo. It's great. Guys. And those are all heavy hitters, just monsters of comedy. Yeah. Yo, are yeah. You good for, you're really good friends with Pete. Yeah, yeah. I, we, uh, I met Pete uh, doing a Canadian tour. Oh, my. All right. You got to ask uh, Pete. Uh, dude, he was one of the uh, first uh, guys I met in New York. Uh, a solid dude. Solid. Uh, it guy. makes perfect sense that you guys are buds. Solid guy. We're really opposite. We're similar, but very opposite. And that's where kind of our show kind of works because. You know, he's a beer and shot type of guy. Yeah. I like to have like a Cabernet charcuterie <laughs> plate every now and then. Charcuterie plate. So, uh, just that vocabulary is beyond me. Uh, so what is the name of the podcast? It's called The Pete and Sebastian Show. Nice. So, there you uh, go. But I'd, I'd like to thank your listeners for listening and uh, thank you guys for having me. No problem. Please. And, check out the podcast. Check out the special. Check him out on Fallon. Sebastian, thank you so much. And if for you see him out. in L.A., check him out on his scooter. I'll be on my scooter. <laughs> I hope it's still there. <laughs> so, that's the show. Thanks for tuning in. We had laughs and stories. Now go listen to more episodes on Apple.
everybody, it's me, Tony Danza. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the About Last Night podcast with Brad Williams and Adam Ray. Boy, they're a lot of fun, huh? Why don't you subscribe on iTunes to this fucking podcast, give them a five-star rating so this midget and this Jew can feel good about themselves for a couple minutes. Also, get on your iPhone or Android and get the podcast app. You can also listen to it on Stitcher or aboutlastnightpodcast.com, where you can hear past episodes with great guests like Lisa Kudrow, Paul Feig, Kevin Nealon, Bob Saget, Dion Cole, Chris D'Elia, Adam Devine, Michael McDonald, Jaleel White, Bud Friedman, Steve-O, Harlan Williams, Tom Arnold, Ron Funches, Rick Glassman, Blake Anderson, Anders Holm, Jessime Peluso, Joey McIntyre, and many, many more. I'm Tony Danza. Thanks for listening to the About Last Night podcast. Good night. That's it, right? You got it? Sweet. Boy, it smells good in that booth, by the way. What kind of candle is that? Hanukkah Willow? <laughs> nice. If you like listening to comedy, try watching it on the internet. The folks behind the Sideshow Network have launched a new YouTube channel called Wait For It. It's got interviews with comedians like Reggie Watts, Todd Glass, Liza Schleichinger, Schleichinger, I've been friends with her for 10 years, one of the funniest people out there, and I still have a hard time with the last name, Liza. Our very own Owen Benjamin, that's me, takes you on a musical journey down internet rabbit holes and much more. You don't have to wait any longer. Just go to youtube.com slash waitforitcomedy. There's no need to wait for it anymore. Because it's here. And it's funny. And I love you. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games.